Welcome to Coffee and Wendy's. I'm Nikki. And I'm Chelsea. Our fan pick topic for tonight is traveling for beginners. We'll be sharing some helpful tips, travel stories, and things we do a bit differently with this time around. So put your onesie hoodie on and grab your warm cup of coffee because we are about to dive in. So starting off, this is the episode I've been most excited to record. I think it's for the reason that obviously I love traveling. Anybody that knows me knows that I'm a travel junkie, travelholics anonymous, if that's a thing. It could Um, be a thing. Yeah. But I I just feel like I've just been very excited to record this episode. So when I saw this topic come up, I instantly lit up and I feel like Chelsea and I were just like, okay, we're excited to do this. (laughs) Um, So yeah, but we were super pumped to be able to share some stories and helpful tips, as well as sharing maybe some things we did, we would do differently. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. But well, I definitely think that you are a lot more well-versed, and I was telling Nikki this prior to, while I love this topic, I definitely feel like I am going to learn something from this, <laughs> it's, it, especially, I mean, in comparison to how many flights I've been on, what was I, I was saying that before the show, I honestly didn't know if I could count more than 10 flights. There probably, I probably could if I really think on it. But I think my first flight I was saying was like I was 12 or 13 and I was flying by myself to my grandparents' house in Oklahoma and you had to have like the little guide take you on. But yeah, I didn't didn't have any tips then and I have not traveled really anywhere just to travel to unless you count like traveling to cruise ships which I will share some tips there. When you flew to Oklahoma, did you, I don't know if this movie was out then, but when you were saying that you were accompanied, have you ever seen the movie Unaccompanied Minors? That they're like uh, running around the airport. It's so fun. And I, I was remember, like, part of that sounds familiar, but I don't know. Yeah, I remember seeing that movie and I always was like, I want to be an unaccompanied minor. <laughs> I definitely had someone, I remember that I had to have someone like take me to the plane. Um, and like they helped me through after because your parents can only go so far. Yeah. Um, and I definitely I think that I flew out of Orlando and I was going to um, well, my family lives in Tulsa, Oklahoma, but I wasn't flying into Tulsa. I was flying into another airport. I don't remember mm-hmm. which one. But yeah, I remember that they had to walk me on and then I had to sit there and then they guided me onto the plane first and I was extremely anxious. And then I also, because this was my first ever flight, not having anyone there, I didn't even know what to expect. Oh, I was a chatterbug. The person next to me was probably oh, like, yeah. oh, great. Yeah. This is, this is this little kid's first time flying and I have to listen to it all. <laughs> it's so funny because on one of my flights, and it's funny hearing how, and I know it's not really like, I guess, a normal thing to have flown so many times, but you tell me that you've flown like about 10 times and in my head I'm like I've flown 20 times in the last eight months and I'm like I don't think that's normal but <laughs> but I love it it's like I oh, I crave traveling so much and it's so funny because 
CJ hates flying. Like he loathes it. He's like, nope, don't put me on a plane. Like I'm terrified of it. But um, on one of my flights a few years ago, I had this unaccompanied minor next to me. And the whole time I'm like, oh my gosh, I have an unaccompanied minor. And it was this little kid, but he looked to be about like 10 or 11. And he didn't have anything with him, which I was like, I don't know. I just looked at him and I thought it was so hard to believe, especially like in this day and age, like kids Mm -hmm. always bring either like, I don't know, a video game, even like a little iPod or a switch or a book. But this Mm -hmm. kid had nothing on him. And he the whole three hour flight and thankfully it was just a quick three hour flight. But the whole three hour flight, he was just like clicking his shoes together. And then he was just like, (laughs) like humming and moving around entertain himself. Yeah, and I'm over here next to him, like, watching Netflix, and I'm, like, watching my screen. I'm, like, is this kid appropriate? (laughs) And I'm just, like, I need to make sure there's nothing crazy going on on the screen just in case he's, like, glancing over. Um, But, yeah, I feel like – so I have been fortunate enough to travel a good chunk of my life. I started – I think my first flight was when I was three years old. And my family and I flew to Mar del Plata, which is in Argentina. And um, yeah, it was about three or four. And then I feel like ever since then, obviously, I don't remember that flight. But ever since then, (laughs) it's like I have loved traveling. And again, like thanks to my dad, like we were able to travel a lot because of his job. So my dad's a FIFA agent. And so we had to travel a lot because he'd have to scout players in different areas and stuff. And so we lived in Argentina. Then we had to move to Malaysia for a little bit just because he was working with players over there. Mm -hmm. We moved to Thailand for a little bit um, because of that as well. And um, within that time, obviously, I was still very young, but I remember within traveling not only do you learn a lot about yourself but you learn a lot about different cultures and different um ways that people live in those cultures so Malaysia and Thailand I was still pretty young but I do remember that it was a very just like uh it was very different than Argentina in ways but Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways it was very similar now the I think the most culture shock I had at that age was coming to America. And then for my parents and I it was just like, we're going to Disney and America was just known <laughs> as Disney. And so we came to Disney. And I remember it was just so different because it was everybody spoke English. And then um, everything was just like, obviously, like the culture here is also very different as well. Um, and then, but I got accustomed to it because I grew up here uh, for most of my life as well. And then after that, I got to travel around a lot. And um, I'm going to be rambling a lot. But I feel like <laughs> with all of that to say is that each country has their own specific things that you can and can't do. Um, I guess sharing this story of like Italy, Italy is a perfect example how like, I always rave to CJ about like the day we retire and he knows this. He's always just like, yes, I know we're going to move to Tuscany. And I'm like, yes, I love Tuscany. It's so beautiful. Like ever since my family and I went there and we stayed in this little villa and um, it was in a vineyard. And now the beautiful thing about Italy is that it does have so many different towns and provinces 
But so many people, like my husband, think of Italy and they're just like, oh, it's a tourist spot. It's just touristy all around. And again, that's like such a common misconception because it's like any place you go to, it has touristy spots and it doesn't have touristy spots. Now, if you go to Italy, if you go to Rome and you go to the Vatican and all of that, yes, there's tourists up the bazoo and it's like, there's so many tourists and it's very hot, especially in the summer. Um, But something that my family and I didn't know and maybe other people don't know this and it'll be helpful when you go to Rome. So basically when you're going to the Vatican, we didn't know that you have to have a specific attire. And obviously looking back at it now, I'm kind of like, Oh, I guess it makes sense. But when we went there, we were just wearing like, like it was a very hot summer day. So we were wearing tank tops or shorts or skirts. We were all just dressed very casually uh, for a summer day. And because it was the Vatican, they're like, no, you can't show your shoulders. You can't wear skirts or you're, you can't show wear anything above your knees. Um, it basically had to meet like the requirements of school mm-hmm. and um, well, Catholic school at that. And so we had to go to like this little cart that was close to the Vatican and we had to buy scarves. So we had to buy I don't know how many scarves, like 10 scarves. We had to tie them together and form little like shoulder pads, covers. And then we had to um, buy one for, I remember, Booba. And we had to like make her a longer skirt to like hide her knees or something. But it was just very interesting just because we were like, but why? It's hot. It's summer. Like, why can't we just wear what we want? But it's because you're going into the Pope's home and you there's those rules. Um, so that was something that obviously we didn't know at the time. Now we do, but it depends on the places that you go. And it's very important to look up those specific things. The same with Cam- Cambodia. So when I went to Angkor Wat, um, this was the, the third time I went to Cambodia. And you would think I would know this by now, but I guess the first two times I just dressed the way I always dressed going in. And then the third time, since we were just traveling through and we weren't going with um, the people we were there with, the third time around, we went on just like a personal day to visit Angkor Wat. And I forget what I was wearing. I think I was wearing, I was wearing a dress, but my my dress top, my dress bottom was above my knee. So because it was above my knee, they were like, Nope, you can't go in, you can't go in. And I was like, Why? Like, okay, let me just bring this down because my dress was able to like be folded down. And they were like, No, because we already know you did this. And blah, blah, blah. And I was so upset. I was so annoyed because I was like, Oh, but I don't understand. And and of course, it's like it is it's Angkor Wat, like it is also something that is very holy to the Khmer people. And so we did also go to a cart and get a skirt for me. And I went with Tracy and um, I it was a beautiful skirt. I just didn't want to have to get it. But of <laughs> yeah. course, like and when you're in Cambodia, when you're in a lot of those like um countries that do offer like the farmer's market or black markets, you are able to like kind of go about like, okay, I can give you this much. And then you can like bargain the price. 
but they knew I needed a skirt and they were looking at me and they're like, nah, you're not getting away with this. It's 15. And I was like, but I have 10. And then they're like, no, it's 15. I was like, (laughs) okay, fine. Here you go. But I remember just being super frustrated because I was like, really? But it is one of those things that you, it is super important to not only check up on those rules, but to Mm -hmm. show that you are being respectful and honoring their country and their rules and their culture and the way that they do things. Um, Yeah. And then I feel like my brain's going to keep spiraling, but Mm -hmm. I'm uh, going to let Chelsea talk about some of her cruise ship experience. Um, Because I know that I obviously I've only been on a cruise ship twice or no three times uh once was with my family another one was with work and then the third time was with Chelsea and it was it was a lot of fun it was just like um for me personally if you have motion sickness bring some patches bring some pills bring something because I remember there was nights that I couldn't sleep because I could feel the water and Chelsea was so used to it that she was just like, oh, it's okay. <laughs> and um, But she did tell me that when she did first start, it was rough. Uh, but okay, I'm going to pass the torch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, most of my, I mean, I didn't go to the Vatican when I was in Rome. But I mean, all of my travel to various countries, which I mean, thankfully, that's cruise ships is what allowed me to do that, to be able to go to so many different places. Um so I'm thankful for that. And I, I mean, I did notice like the differences, especially when I tried to, the more cruise ships that I was on, I would try to make more of an effort to go and travel outside of the touristy spots. So I could see more, what does every day look like to them? What are their customs? What is their culture? What do they do? Um, so it was really interesting, but I didn't get to go to the Vatican when I was there. Um, but we did just like wander around and the Coliseum and just different things there, which was really cool. But yeah, the cruise ships are definitely what got me there. So I think in like preparation for the cruise ships and what to expect, that's kind of like my, my, I guess my, my, that's where my knowledge will, will lie because I, I was telling Nikki prior to, I was like, I really didn't remember that I remembered all of this. Like, I didn't think that I still remembered all of these like ins and outs. And especially for motion sickness pills, you can go to guest services and they always have them available for you. So just in case you forget them, guest services has your back and they also have patches. (laughs) (laughs) And for those that are more motion sickness prone, you can request a cabin at the center. So you want to try to go mid of the ship and as low as you can, because that's actually where you'll experience the less um, motion from the cruise ship. So it's perfect for those that have their more motion sickness prone um, because also while you'll feel the motion, it's more subtle, kind of like you're being like rocked to sleep. Yeah. I would say. Um, And especially you can't really feel it, especially if the seas are rough. So there's a little, a little tip there. Yeah. I mean, I think that from my experiences on the ship is that you, I had so many, you experienced one with the crews from so, so many different walks of life, so many different countries. So they already have their different cultures and customs and you're all working together. But then you also have guests that come from all over um, looking for 
looking to cruise and you'll meet lots of people on the staff. I remember there was uh, a woman who worked um, in guest services and she spoke like 10 or 11 different languages and for every single so if you ever look at your oh, I remember meeting her your crew staff um, or any any member of the crew on your ships if you look at their tag and you'll see little flags they don't represent just the country that they're from but they also represent the languages that they speak so if you meet someone that has like 12 or 5 or 3 I mean really if they just have more than one, it is a representation that they do speak those other languages. And it's a way for for um, guests to identify individuals that if they don't speak English, they need someone who speaks Portuguese or Russian mm-hmm. or <laughs> Spanish, that they can try to find someone that has those. And if you need to locate someone, you can also go to guest services and they can call up those people because we ha- all have it in record. Um, I only spoke English, so yep, couldn't really help with anything else there. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I had never been on a cruise. I have only worked on cruises. And I think that that's where it all came because I did little travel by plane and I love traveling. I love like seeing different places, but I never really had that opportunity presented until I started cruise ships. And then that's kind of like where my love is. So it started older and my like I was much older in my life um, but I didn't know there was so much opportunity and so many beautiful places and it really does it teaches you so much of when you're looking on the other side of the world especially at the point that I did so many that I made effort to I want to you know I want to like look at the places that are not just filled with tourists no yeah and I feel like that's that's such a good thing to know as well, because so many people, obviously, you want to go to the touristy spots, like, you want to go to the most famous spots, but um, you also want to do it. And you want to, like, people that go to Disney, it's like, you want to go to Disney, but you also don't want to go when it's super populated, unless you're into that sort of thing, then have at it. But you want to go to Disney and enjoy it and be able to go to the rides. So it's good to know that obviously if you go to Disney on a Saturday, it's peak and it's going to be very hectic and you're going to be waiting hours to get on one ride. But if you go, let's say on a Tuesday morning, then it's going to be a bit calmer and it's going to be more enjoyable and you'll be able to do a lot more. Now, um, in talking about flights, the most helpful tip I can pardon or I can give on this sort of information is so when I was moving over to England I had a family that I was talking to and they had they were actually from Scotland and they told me about this website called Skyscanner so Skyscanner I feel like is my holy grail I give this website to everybody because it's so very helpful um so Skyscanner, you just put in the inform like where you want to go. You put in the dates. You put in if you're flexible for your dates, and then they show you the cheapest flights out there, and it shows you like by month, by week, by day, all of that information, and it's just super helpful because um, you'll be able to get your flight at a reasonable price instead of paying so much money for it. Also, something that I want to touch on that is a huge common misconception and so many people are like oh yeah you have to buy a flight a year 
or X amount of time out before the date because of this, this or that because it's cheaper. No, that's false. I have traveled my whole life and I have booked flights always of like not more than three months before the departure day just because it I can promise you it doesn't fluctuate that much it it's actually kind of cheaper if you book it within three months before the departure day because they're trying to sell out those extra seats and because um not it's because they're trying to sell out those extra seats but also because it's three months before the departure day so it's not going to be that much more now I can tell you that whenever I was booking my flights to Bali, I did book it way in advance. And this was the first time I've ever booked a flight way in advance. I booked it about eight months in advance. And for two pers- for two people, and it was about 1500 But the one time I booked it in advance, obviously four months later, COVID hit. I never got to go on that trip, but that's why I'm always like, heck no, that was the one and only time I'll ever book a flight that far in advance, just because like you, you really don't know, Mm -hmm. like life changes and things happen and you can't predict the future that far in advance. Like you don't know what tomorrow holds. So I, my rule of thumb is don't book a flight more than three months out I know certain people have their preferences. They have to request off for work and stuff like that. Understandable. But I personally don't like booking anything more than three months just because life happens. And also prices are going to be the same, if not cheaper, three months out. Um, Another thing is that I love flying so much. um, But I was definitely spoiled when I was young. Uh, so my father traveled a lot and he had a lot of points. And so we got to travel very well. And, um, how yeah. well, Nikki? Uh, <laughs> what a seller. <laughs> so by very well, I mean that like, so we always flew first class or business and, um, I didn't know about economy. Like I thought that was just like a regular thing. I, I flew economy and this is going to sound me make me sound so bad. But like, I didn't know about economy until like, I was flying by myself for the first time, like just me on my own. And I flew economy because I was like, okay, it'll get me from point A to point B. I didn't realize that at the time I was like, this is miserable. But it's because (laughs) now I'm fine. But I've grown accustomed to it in the last 10 years. But like, at the time, I thought I was so miserable just because so while I flew in first class, um, my favorite airline is Virgin Atlantic flying from New York to London. And it's because and I was telling this to Chelsea and she was like, you're joking. Um, so it's because so they have obviously like the beds and they have like a bar, they have all the stuff. And she was like, what? No. And I was like, yeah. So they would come by to your little cots and they'd ask you, okay, you can pick two things from this menu. And so I'd always pick like the facial and the manicure. And Chelsea would be like, what? And I'm over there just like, I don't know how many feet above the ground. And I'm just living my best life. But she said, and I don't remember what it was you ordered, but she would be like, oh, lobster. I just like pass by the bar I'm like oh could you send a hot chocolate to cot number two please 
that'd be great thanks and I'm like what yeah and <laughs> I then can't it's barely like... get these people give me a free cup of water <laughs> but <laughs> alone chocolate like hot chocolate yeah you would just and also that's a this is a helpful tip it doesn't matter if you're in first class or economy if you're in a long flight and by long flight I mean anything over even if you're in three hour flight that's fine but my longest flight has been like a total of um, my longest flight just one way has been 18 hours. So if you're in a long flight, my best tip is getting up and just I make a lap. I make take a lap through the whole plane. I go if it has an upstairs, you go upstairs. Yeah. So for for us economy people, that's just walk up and down the same aisle. <laughs> you can just go to the bathroom at the back of the plane <laughs> and then right to the front. So if if that's that's our lap that we can we can do, and then people will definitely give you some but I like I loved it but that's so funny um but I loved it because it would be you would take a lap and then obviously I don't fly first class anymore sad but I would take a lap and then I'd stop by the bar it'd be like two in the morning I have insomnia and then I'd go and I'd be like um can I get a hot chocolate and some warmed cookies sent to my cot thank you and then they'd be like Okay, I'm just slowly picking up my (laughs) jaw right now because I just can't even. Also, just the fact that there's two stairs. Maybe there's even three levels. Who knows? But just that there's two levels blows my mind. Like, oh, I you know, I just went downstairs for a quick little stroll, (laughs) round around the tennis court. (laughs) I'm like, what? I I don't even know what I would do right now. I mean, when I walk into someone's house and it's big, my jaw drops <laughs> because that's new to me. But let alone going on a plane, and I've only ever been on planes that were very small planes. <laughs> they were not very big. I think that the actually the biggest plane that I ever went on was when I flew to London and it was beca- on my way to a ship in Barcelona and it was a Norwegian and that was the only plane I'd ever been on that had like three rows so it had like these this one oh, and really aisle, and then there was a middle one and then there was another aisle and then there, there that was like the biggest one and then it also had like different colors for each section that was the biggest plane I've ever been on it did not have two levels though so now I'm kind of disappointed that I was gypped on the second floor <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. that was the biggest plane I'd ever been on it definitely depends. Um, and certain airlines, like, obviously, so in the U.S., any plane that I've been on in the U.S., if it's longer than, if it's, like, three hours or so, you just get, like, snacks. Some airlines charge you. Some airlines just give it to you, depending on the airline. And then if it's over three hours, then they'll give you, like, lunch or dinner or breakfast. And Well, it's actually if it's over, like, six hours, I think. And then... um but the airlines in Europe and any international airline, they just are like, oh, you want you want your wine? You want a cocktail? You want this or that? And then it's like, I'm always like, yes. And so the first time I was on an, a plane that um, I was of age and I didn't realize like, oh, you can just order like alcohol. And mm-hmm. I was on a plane from Cambodia to China and anybody that's been on that plane it's uh, on that flight it's about three hours and I decided it'd be a great idea to oh what the like the beer's free so what is free and so they were like yes 
And so every time they walked by, I got one. And I got another one and another one. And I think I ended up having like four or five within that three hour spam. I got off of that plane and I knocked out. <laughs> and then I'm like walking around and oh my goodness. But I th- actually, no, I didn't knock out right away. I was tired, but I kept running around because the China airport is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, it's Guangzhou. I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure I'm butchering that, but it's Guangzhou. And so, and that airport is beautiful and it's huge. And I remember once I got on the plane from China to LA, I knocked out. I knocked out (laughs) for that whole flight and that's like 16, 17 hours. Um, But yeah, when you're on flights like that, you can just order drinks and you can order food and stuff like that. And it's great. Um, Now, something to keep in mind for, I guess, like foreign countries, it's, it's so crazy how like things that are acceptable in one country are not acceptable in another. And that's, it can be seen as crazy, but it's also so beautiful because it like shows you the different within each countries um, where with a lot of Spanish countries, it's all about that hospitality and all about like, um, like serving you and just being there for you and all of that as well as when you're entering a home or a new home, you just like con permiso and like you say kind of like an excuse me to the home, like you're new to the home. Um, When you're traveling to, let's say, France, I think anybody that doesn't know French should just learn the two most basic things, which is like, um, où est le toilette, which is where is the toilet, where is the bathroom, and où est le boulangerie, which is where is the cafe. Um, those are the two most important to me, just because it's like, where's the cafe? I want to get coffee. Where's the bathroom? And um, that's just helpful. And then anything else, obviously, you have Google Maps, you have um, all those forms of getting around. But it's super important uh, for people to realize that walking like if you're able to walk just walk like if you're let's say from a city like New York you're used to walking so if you go to France or if you go to Paris just walk around explore all of Paris I was able to walk around all of Paris just like I'm able to walk around all of Manhattan and it's beautiful because that's how you see the most things instead of Mm -hmm. just like ordering a taxi which they're going to charge you way too high or you can get a metro card and I know some people get a little scared about this like my friend Beth when we went to Paris she was like oh I don't know about going in the metro like we don't like the signs are all in French and I was like oh it's fine but I know that sometimes people are deteriorated from taking public transport just because of the language barrier but it's actually so much easier to just look up on your phone and be like, okay, I got to get off here or I got to do this. And I think I just got very good at using, um, uh, at being able to get around when I was living in England, just because everything was super new. And I had to, my main source of transportation living in Twickenham, I had to use the train, I had to use um, the underground a lot. And that helped me to be able to grow in that aspect. Um, Now, Another thing, I feel like I'm just going to be jumping back and forth, but Ireland, I went to Ireland for St. Patty's Day, and yes, it does get rowdy, but not 
not crazy rowdy, I guess, as I would see here in the States. Um, but it is a lot of fun. I would say that if you're traveling by yourself and um, you're going to a hotel, that's always a, an amazing option. Now, if you don't have, let's say, the money to spend on a hotel and you want to go the route that I went through, which I'm just very ha- happy that I picked a good one, but I stayed at a hostel. That was the first time I stayed at a hostel was in Ireland. And um, I was very nervous, but I did stay in a hostel that me specifically, I didn't feel comfortable staying in a room that was boys and girls. So I stayed specifically in a room that was, um, it had like 24 girls. And then another room had like, because each individual room had like specific number of people in it. And then they had private rooms, but I just didn't have the money to spend for a private room. And so I stayed in a room with 24 girls. It was bunk beds. And I remember there was a cage underneath my bunk bed with a lock. But then I had my purse and stuff. And I was just like, okay, I have my backpack, which has my clothes and things like that, that I'm fine putting it in there and putting in the lock. But then in my mind, I'm always just like, okay, but what if they break the lock? What if they take my stuff? What if this or that? And so then I remember... (laughs) Um, again, this was my first time staying in a hostel. It could have been fine, but I always urge on the side of caution for some things when it comes to traveling. So in this specific situation, I knew that I had never been to Ireland. I was by myself and so on. So I put my backpack in the cage and I locked it. But then my purse with like my most personal belongings. So I had like my wallet, my phone, all of that. I actually slept with my purse on me. So my purse was like, it like went to the side and I slept with it on me. And I made sure that that sucker was holding on to me. I was holding on to it. But just because, and it was fine. Like I didn't have any issues with any of the girls. But just in case I did, it's like you always want to be prepared for whatever may happen. Mm -hmm. Um, And then in hostels, obviously there's, good and bad things that are being said about hostels. I had a wonderful experience. um, And obviously, like, I am very outgoing. So I did get to talk to other people there. But you do have friends that are there together. You have people that are there by themselves. I made friends with someone. um, Her name's Lauren. She was actually from New York. And I met her in Ireland. And she was like, oh, I'm here, blah, 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 by myself. And so we actually got to walk around, um... Dublin and we got to walk around and go to the Guinness factory and do all those things which was a lot of fun um but then I was like okay I gotta go catch my ferry but I ended up missing my ferry and I spent the night at the little ferry town and that was a disaster I I think one of the moments that I thought I was gonna get murdered was when I was walking at night no street lights or anything just the cars passing by And I'm walking to the ferry, which is like anybody that's been to like a place that boats dock knows that that whole little strip is just empty. And I was walking and I'm just like, I'm like, this is it. But somehow I am here to tell the story. Um, This was in Dublin? Yeah, that was in Dublin. And there was this adorable for anybody that's planning to go to Dublin anytime soon there was an adorable little bakery called Hansel and Gretel 
so stinking cute. So stinking cute. And um, I feel like any time that I go to any place, I always want to go to the museums. I always want to check the oldest library because I'm obsessed with books. And that's what I did while I was in Dublin. But the oldest library there, you actually can't enter. Um, it just depends on like the days and stuff like that. But you actually can't enter and touch the books, which I was very saddened by that. But I understood why. Um, but yeah, I thought I was going to die in Dublin, uh, just because it was nighttime and I was strolling along by myself, this 23 year old girl just, Oh, what is this? (laughs) And, um, but everyone in Dublin was actually very nice and very sweet and very helpful. Um, and then (laughs) I feel like I'm just like going about, uh yeah but it it just depends like every country has their thing I know that in Asia it's very big especially like where I've been so in Thailand Cambodia China it's very big that when you're entering someone's home you take off your shoes it's a sign of respect um it, it within entering their home now I know that for different places it is different um for France it can be rough if you don't speak French just because anybody and I don't want it to be like a in general all everybody in France is like this but it's mainly in the touristy spots it's just like okay what do you want like uh just because and that's where like a lot of people from France get that nickname of like oh the French are rude but they're not rude they're just like they just want you to just because it's a lot of tourists that can be like um mm, uh, and so it's like okay what? How do I say? Yeah. <laughs> and so um, so it's funny. And then whereas like in Argentina, I feel like it's funny because if you go in being all like, hi, um, can I please get and they're going to look at you like, what's wrong with you, Disney? Like, uh, why are you being all happy or like super over the top? And I'm just <laughs> like, this is just me. <laughs> but um, yeah, it really just depends. OK, I'm going to pause for a second. well there's a couple things that you touched on which I think would be beneficial for anybody that going on on cruises you mentioned about your safe at your hostel and I highly recommend anybody take advantage of your in-suite safe on the cruise ships Um, I recommend also when you are going into your ports understand that you're putting in some research to the ports that you're going into because each one is going to be different and Mm -hmm. also take a digital copy of your passport leave your passport in the safe in your room and any valuables most places will accept american cash you can use your credit cards but having the cash on hand is a lot safer and easier so i always recommend have cash i would even leave your card on the ship just make sure that you leave you're bringing out clearly enough cash um so definitely take advantage of that um that was something that i actually when i had just conversations with other passengers that and just talking to other members of the ships that have been crewmates and passengers these are just really great tips you mentioned something about well, when you're on the plane, you know, you're one with like the three stories and you know, spiral staircases <laughs> um, about the bars. So something really interesting about the bar, because you see a lot of this, is that understand when you're on a cruise, they're already tipped. 15% gratuity is already added to your bill. So you actually don't need to 
tip extra. Any what? extra that you're giving is already oh just goodness. extra to the person. And a lot of people don't know this because they don't tell you this. This is the same thing with your estate room. Your estate rooms already include gratuity on your additional fees. Your gratuity is added on. So a lot of people will leave extra tips for their tenant. And you can. That's totally that's optional. Gift. But just know in advance that they are all, gratuity is already added. It's kind of like a safety net. So that way, because there's so many cabins in debarkation day, we have to turn around those rooms within just hours before embarkation begins again. That same day that you debark, we're loading another full ship. Uh, and depending on the size of, you know, that could be 2,000 to 5,000 passengers, like the ships, depending on the size. So, this is a this is one of those things of why they add these things is to speed up the time. Another yeah. thing, embarkation. You know, everyone's like, "Oh, arrive early when I get at the front of the line." Guess what? Actually, if you arrive later, you will get on that ship a lot quicker. This is not like airport security. While there is security, the security does not take as long. As long as you just know, don't bring your hair dryer, don't bl- bring drugs, don't bring. <laughs> what there's just like there's like a couple of those lists of the things that just don't pack these banned items which are always heating elements alcohol and of course weapons um and then your personal things don't pack any marijuana because we they do have canine on some ships in security so and then you if you get caught with it then you're just gonna be held up in your cabin literally i'm not even kidding it's like your jail cell so i'm just warning you in advance (laughs) but yeah there's a couple of those things and just like yeah arrive later same thing with getting back to the ship enjoy your time out just get back to the ship an hour before embark like embarkation you'll be fine you're gonna get Mm -hmm. through security in a fly the ship is not gonna leave without you if you're at the dock now don't be those people that arrive after they've already pulled the thing yes you will 100% be one of those people that are waving goodbye to the ship that you arrived on <laughs> we've seen it happen crew would line up on the sides of the ship to watch and see who was left because we will not stop for those people so as long as you're in you're in on the dock in the line you're gonna be fine actually in, at an hour before there's no line you're gonna be able to just walk right through security don't come in with any produce it will be thrown away so if you wanted oh, yeah. to try to grab some snacks before you in- boarded that ship just in advance they will find them i've tried many of ways as a crew member to hide produce and it has failed each time <laughs> um so yeah don't just leave it if you didn't eat it sorry about it donate to somebody before you get onto the ship or something because it will just be tossed um oh you said about you know taking you were talking about disney and like different lines and stuff so this is something that reminded me of like shore excursions in advance, you are going to pay a lot premium, a higher premium if you wait to book shore excursions on the ship. Also recognize that people think that they're paying more because, oh, it makes sure that they're not going to leave me. It's a more intimate experience. It's all mapped out. But there are independent um, excursions that are just as well that actually give you a more authentic experience. And guess mm-hmm. what? They're cheaper and they're not going to leave you. They're right there at the gate waiting for you to come. So I would say 
hold off because you really are going to be paying almost three to five times more than you would if you just waited to book your shore excursion and people will they'll get nervous and they want to book them in advance because they're thinking that oh my gosh they're gonna be full we're not gonna be able to experience these things no no there's lots of people and literally they're like duplicate experiences just save your money and Mm -hmm. wait and you'll be able to explore it and also just knowing that you're going to be doing it in a more authentic way um so that's what i recommend there those are like some of my like big tips. Um, oh, and then one of the, the biggest thing, debarkation day people. I'm just letting you know, if you want to spend hours on the ship waiting to get off and go home and get to your babies, that's on you. People think that because they have little the colored codes and they have to wait until their cabin is called before they can get off the ship. This is a lie. You can. They will be calling per cabin area. But if you wanted to get off the ship, you can literally just walk off. They will not stop you. They want you off of that ship quick so we can clean it and get through. But a lot of people will sit there and wait because they think that their 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 stuff is your bags are, are, are done. You're good. You can walk off. You do not have to wait for your, your station section to be called. So yeah. just letting you know there. <laughs> It's so funny because as you're touching on that, I remembered. Um, so when you're going to the airport for your flights, I feel like, and my husband was the biggest person to do this. And I'd be like, please stop. And so any international flight, I definitely encourage you to show up. Yes, the three hours. Uh, for any domestic flights, you don't have to show up three hours. For me personally, and this is what I do, is that when I see what time I board, depending on the airport, if I know the airport's super crazy, I won't get too close to it. But I say like an airport like um, that I'm familiar with, like LaGuardia or uh, MacArthur, the ones that I know that don't get too much traffic, I'll show up probably 45 minutes, half an hour before my boarding time, because boarding starts 30 minutes before the plane takes off. So if your plane takes off, let's say 8.45 p.m., then boarding's going to start at 8.15. So then I'm there by like 7.45 or 7.30. Um, But for me personally, I always just say just show up an hour before boarding when you're taking a domestic flight just because you really don't have to be there that early unless you just like are like, oh, well, I want to get lunch or I want to get dinner that's extremely expensive hey have at it (laughs) but um another thing this is one of my biggest pet peeves when traveling I don't know why people do this but I know to each their own they're anxious excited okay (laughs) but whenever the plane lands and then they say okay we're we're gonna park the plane everybody stay seated everybody stands up everybody please remain seated And everybody waits. As soon as they hear the little bell, everybody stands up and floods the aisles, especially now with everything going on. People are still doing this and everybody just stands there. And I'm like, just sit down, stay seated in your comfy chair, even if it's not comfortable, just stay seated. You're going to get off the plane the same time everybody else is going off because the row in front of you still needs to get off. So just stay, just stay seated. It, you're gonna, I promise you, you're gonna do great. 
Yes. They're all to the same spot. Yeah, and you see I, that. <laughs> you see that I with people getting off like. Yeah, you see that with people with the cruise ships too. So they think that as soon as they hear that anchor stopping, that they're going to be, oh my gosh, we're going to be so slack. We're going to be the first people off the ship. But guess what? If you choose to get off the ship as soon as they dock, I'm going to let you know right now, you're just going to be in a line. <laughs> wait. Just wait a little bit. Yeah. You're going to be fine. Go have yourself some breakfast. Yeah. The, the, the buffet is open. The other places are open. Spend a little yeah. bit of time. Totally okay because you're going to be getting off that ship a lot longer mm-hmm. than if you just stand up and think that you're going to rush out and be the first ones off the dock. I'm just letting you know in advance. Not going to happen. Yeah. And also while you're on the cruise, you can grab either like a coffee, which it's all like included. So you can grab a coffee, go like take your time. And also on the on the plane, the same with getting on the plane. Everybody like lines up to get on the plane. I'm literally, and my husband hates me for this, but I'm literally probably the last person or the second to last person to get on the plane just because I don't want to stand and wait for us to slowly get on the plane. No, I want to literally just walk on, make sure that I'm not waiting in the aisles, make sure I'm not waiting on the line. I want to just walk on and sit down. And that's all I want to do. And then if I know that it's a short flight, I always just like go to the loo right before getting on the plane just because I'm like, okay, I don't want to have to bother the person next to me or anything. So I just like go on beforehand. And um, oh, yeah, that's a great point you said. So, yes, I mean, always use the bathroom. You're going to be able to find a bathroom as soon as you get onto a cruise ship. But I would say eat something before you get onto a cruise ship because I'm telling you right now, everybody and their mother is lining up to that buffet because it's oh, yeah. the only thing that's open and don't go to the buffet. Like just don't. Just save yourself that headache instead of doing that and and just wait. Have something already ready. Like eat it beforehand, but just don't do that because yeah. you're, you're just – it's so crowded. <laughs> It's just so crowded. (laughs) Yeah, don't do it. Don't do it at all. Um, If you are on the third floor, if you are anything lower than the third floor, take the stairs. It's going to save you a lot more time than you trying to take that elevator. Oh, yeah. Take that elevator because they just ate so much food in that buffet that they are not wanting to work it off right now. Also, another thing that you'll recognize is that if the gyms look busy (laughs) – it's not because all these people regularly work out. It's because they think that now all of a sudden during the cruise, everybody <laughs> needs to work out. So you'll see these gym, the gyms busy and you'll see people running in heels, flip flops. I've oh seen it all. Gosh. Full on, full on, full on tire hats and sunglasses. And you're like, did, did they, are they trying to like prepare themselves for the extra <laughs> walking that they're going to have at this port? It's oh just like, gosh. I'm telling you the things that you'll see people do is just... You know, it never really surprises me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But another thing um, that's super helpful is that whenever, let's say you're planning a trip, um, for example, we're going to Hawaii in two weeks, and it's a quick trip. So anytime I take a flight, I feel like my other rule of thumb is anytime I take a flight that's longer than, say, eight hours, I stay there for at least two weeks. Now, we're going, and our flight is longer than eight hours, but we can only go for a week. But in that week, um, what I've done when I was young with my family is we go somewhere, say, like, 
Italy, France, England. And we literally just get there and we're like, okay, we're here. And then we don't really plan things while we're there. So I've learned that throughout my time, it's like, it's super important that if you want to make the most of like your time there, that you look into everything that's around that area, that everything that for the place that you're traveling to, but not just the touristy spots, look up local stuff, like make Mm -hmm. sure you're looking at reviews from locals and not just tourists because everything that you go into that's a touristy spot is going to be more expensive and it's going to not give you that homesy feeling that organic Mm -hmm. feeling of like oh okay I'm I'm blending into the natives and even like wherever you go when you are doing things as the natives do then it's like it makes you feel more like you're getting like the real experience Mm -hmm. um And I feel like I love that from France, just buying bread from a baker and speaking to them in French or in Cambodia, buying fish from a fish market person in Khmer. And it's like, it gives you that experience. And it's like, they are patient with you because they see that you're trying and they see that you are being trying to like immerse yourself in their culture as opposed to in a touristy spot where they might be a bit more like, okay, what do you want? Mm-hmm. and um that's super helpful so it's like make the most of every day that you're there and look up how long say if you're driving um I know that for Hawaii we rented a car because for Maui it's an island so it's easier to just drive around everywhere as opposed to it's not going to be as easy walking as opposed to a city like Manhattan mm-hmm. Paris all that so if you know that you're more in like a countryside or like an island that you're going to have to do driving I recommend just scooters or um, renting a car yeah, because it helps you. You can rent them when you're on the cruise ship. They're so cheap and easy. So when you are at the islands, like she said, that's super yeah. beneficial. I used to do that all the time when I was in St. Thomas, St. Martin, um, and then a couple other islands, Barbados, Antigua. We mm-hmm. rented scooters and you can also re- uh, rent ATVs and take them on like the regular roads or Jeeps. Those are, yeah. I always, we always rented them. And then also it just allows you to see that countryside, go into the places that are not touristy. And on the note that you said, um, just be nice. Realize yeah. and recognize that you are not at home. And I mean, that's not okay to treat anybody like that. Even when you are home, you're coming into their country The same thing when you're on planes or cruise ships. Be nice to these Mm -hmm. people. You know, a lot of times these people are making sometimes, especially on cruise ships, they're coming from so many countries and they're paid a lot less than you might acknowledge. Give them some kindness because they have to deal with so many people and we're here away from our family for 8 to 12 months. Some people have even longer contracts. So be be gentle because I see so many people come on with this like entitled entitlement mentality and they're just very rude and I'm just like what did you decide to go on vacation and you lost all every sense of your humanity as well what yeah (laughs) no that's the worst when they're not aware of how they're acting or how entitled they are so on um another thing is I had this thought in my head and then I feel like it slipped away. But, oh, oh my goodness. It was, mm, is it going to come back to me? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, 
just as you were saying, just being kind to all everybody that's there, just as you would in the places that you live. And then speaking of the places that you live, if you live somewhere that you're able to, let's say, take a road trip like we just recently did um, or fly. I know that a lot of places, say in Europe um, or in specific countries that are continents that are very close by together, flights can be very cheap depending on the time of the year. So let's say a flight from England to Spain or England to Ireland could be sometimes within like 30 to $60 sometimes. Um, But other times it could be a bit higher. And then people, let's say, definitely want to take a trip, but they're like, oh, but it's too expensive to fly. Well, you also have so many other ways to travel, not just, well, let's say in Europe, you can take the ferry. So I took the ferry to Ireland. I took a bus over to Paris. And you can also take like a bus around there, you can take the train, you can take the ferry, you can fly. Um, There's so many different ways. And then if you're in the States, you can also take a train, you can take the underground, you can, um, you can drive. And so many people think, oh, well, for example, like driving to Florida or flying to Florida or anything like that. If you're going with like your family and it's more than, let's say, two people and it's going to be pricey. So a rule of thumb that I go by is that for Christmas, I, unless it's like, okay, we can only fly. I always drive if I have to go somewhere for Christmas, just because Christmas, obviously everything's going to be so much more expensive. Um, So if you know that you can drive, take the drive, even if it's long, because it's going to be cheaper and you're only paying for the gas And then obviously you're just taking the time to drive. But if you're able to do that, just make the drive because it's so much cheaper. Um, And the same with anywhere else. Like in Europe, you can drive, you can take the ferry, bus, train. There's so (laughs) many different forms of transportation and it's so helpful um, just because just don't stay in that one touristy town. So if you go to Rome, don't just stay in Rome. If you Mm -hmm. go to Paris, don't just stay in Paris because I feel like, so many people go to Paris, like me, the first time I went to Paris, I was like, "Ooh, the city of love, but I hated it because I was like, oh, it's so dirty and it's so this and it's so and everyone's rude. But it was just because like, I, I solely went to the touristy places. Mm-hmm. But then when we went where we were staying, we were staying in a chateau in Versailles. And it was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. And I was just like, Oh, my God. And we were also staying like behind this, like, little chateau of Marie Antoinette's summer home and when I told Chelsea that she was like you're joking me and I was like yeah I would wake up in the morning and see sheeps just prancing around (laughs) and oh my goodness but it was a beautiful time but you just have to like explore and not just go don't just go like the same with New York the same with Canada like if you go to New York everybody just thinks of New York and says Oh, Manhattan, the city. And I'm just like, there's so much more. Like, upstate is beautiful. The Catskills are beautiful. Um, Out east, like Long Island is beautiful. There's so many beautiful places within a state, within a country that not many people know. Mm -hmm. And the same with Florida. Like, Florida, people only think of Orlando, Miami, California. They only think of L.A., which I personally didn't wasn't a fan of LA San Diego Mm -hmm. though it was beautiful Mm -hmm. and the same with Canada I feel like I didn't know about Halifax until you moved there and when I went to visit I was like 
Doesn't yeah, I feel like when you think of Canada, a lot of people, like, they'll think of, like, Montreal, Vancouver, Toronto. Yeah, I just think of, yeah, I think of Canada, I think of Toronto and Vancouver. Yeah, and, like, Halifax is, like, the capital of of this province. So our provinces are, like, our states. But, mm-hmm. I mean, Halifax is beautiful. I mean, Nova Scotia stands for New Scotland. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody who didn't know and they're this the parks I just like they're literally mind-boggling and I'm so excited for this summer to actually see them and just drive everything's like in driving distance and there's so many camping sites so I have my tent ready I just need to get some a couple more a mm-hmm. little bit more gear I have my my uh, blow-up mattress ready I am ready to see some sites this summer <laughs> So literally, like, just explore. You never really realize how many things were right outside your door. Um, and oh, literally absolutely. just a day trip. And just type it in on Google, like day trips in Florida. Day trips yeah. wherever you are. And the list will go on and on. Oh, absolutely. And especially, like, if you're an outdoorsy, outdoorsy person, um, I would recommend for summers, just go like my favorite summer activities is I love to take drives and either go to Montauk or I love to go to the drive-ins. I love to go to parks with Maple and CJ and like we like to do those kinds of things. Um, but it's like and if the outdoors is in your scene, that's fine. There's also other things you can go to like well, I love museums, but you can go to museums, you can go to shopping centers, you can go and do different things. Um, and if you just want to stay home, that's cool, too. But <laughs> <laughs> like, there's so much to see. And um, not many people realize it. But yeah, I feel like we could just keep on going on. And I, I would definitely keep going on. But <laughs> the last bits of information is wherever you are um just I always make sure to dress like a native that's I love to do that so if I'm in London I make sure I am Hyde Street ready (laughs) I if I'm in Cambodia I make sure I am Khmer ready if I'm in Paris I make sure I look Parisian um and so on and so forth it's like you can dress as you'd like I just always want to get that native experience and wear comfortable shoes if you know you're hiking because so many times I've worn boots with heels and I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> so make sure you wear comfortable shoes. As Chelsea said, make sure you get cash. It's the safest way to make sure your card isn't getting locked out. Um, book your flights not too ahead of time and just make sure you have fun and make sure that you enjoy every minute of every second of any place that you go and experience and really experience it. Don't just be on your phone. Mm-hmm. Don't just um, go on social media and record everything. Just make sure you're taking in everything that you're seeing and really just dive in. Yeah, um, you're spending so much money and time on this trip. So don't get there and still be stressing that all of the oh, pieces yeah. didn't line up how you envisioned them. Guess what? It will work itself out, but mm-hmm. you're only here right now. So just be present. Yes, absolutely. But thank you all so very much for listening to our episode. We hope that you got a lot of helpful tips and tricks and um, that you got a good laugh in too. Mm-hmm. Now, if you do have any more questions or anything else that you want us to touch on, we'd be more than happy to do that. 
But aside from that, stay tuned for our history special next Monday on Pride Month. We are so excited to be touching on that topic and so pumped to not only us learn more about it, but for everybody else to learn more about what this wonderful month means. And go ahead and mark your calendars and pick out your favorite onesies because it's going to be a night to remember. June fanpick episode about travel for beginners. Stay tuned for next Monday's history special about Pride Month and to keep up to date with all things Coffee and Onesies, head on over to Coffee and Onesies podcast on Instagram, turn on those notifications, like a photo, follow us, and be sure to subscribe to our podcast and be on the lookout for next week's episode drop. See you next week.